0: Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Sleepers, Keepers, and Creepers with John and Paul, where we talk fantasy, big and small. Alright John, another week, another episode. Yeah, where are we at these days? Week 13? Yep. And we're just killing it. I think if you listen to us, you're getting some good heads up on some things to do.
1: Yeah. With some good talk. I'm, I'm very glad we brought up Gus Edwards last week. Um yeah, welcome, world. Yeah. I think he was just a very clear option after the way they were treating him last week, and they didn't let us down. There was no funny business to reintroduce other people to it.
0: And that's what, and last week is why I'm so pumped that I got him in the Keeper League. I, you gotta love him. I got to. He's I, even your template of running back. He is my template of running back in a running style offense, so mm-hmm. it's it feels so good. But he is out today with an ankle injury in practice that came out of nowhere. But we'll see. I don't know if they're just maybe giving him a, more so a... He looked fine in the game, but now he's just got like 40-something rushes in two weeks, so maybe they're just giving him a day to maintain himself. But uh, I, would, I think that's probably pretty likely. But Is, I, that sample size, that's such a nice sample size with the touches.
1: 5.4 yards per carry, mm. killing it. For a power running back. Yeah. Usually you expect those higher like mid-five, upper-five point yards per carry on those little scat-back people that get ten less carries a game, but they're pretty explosive. I don't think Edwards had explosive home run hitter in his uh general description, so to see that many yards per carry on that many carries is really encouraging yeah
0: I love him I love him so yeah you're welcome for that for sure uh you're you're welcome for listening to John about Jarvis landry <laughs> I, I mean I don't bite my tongue like i said i i I would have played him last week because like. We were right. I mean, yes. we were totally right that uh, Mayfield was just going to bust out and have a great week. But I thought he had at least have
1: some yards. I thought maybe a floor of five points <laughs> at least. <laughs> like, I don't think many people thought you'd be seeing a 35-7, to 7, was it, or something in that game, but you put up by the third quarter. Yeah. And then if you're looking at Landry at that point, you're seeing 30 yards. I think that's a little shocking because he was on the field. I mean, I even went to the game, so I was there live and got to watch uh, Cincinnati really put forth some real defensive excellence out there on that field. Uh, <laughs> by excellence, I mean like an extreme way of uh, making themselves well-known to the world after you pretty much put Baker Mayfield on for his best game ever played.
0: But so, I did listen to um Mike asked me the night before... The game started. He's like, I need help at wide receiver. Which wide receiver would you pick up that's available out there? And I was like, oh. I looked at them all, and I was like, man, Callaway's not owned anywhere. Uh, and I texted him back. I was like, I forget. I said some dude. He's probably got a good chance with the floor. And I was like, but I would pick up Callaway. I like it. I know he's not done much. And they didn't pick up Callaway. So the next morning, I was like, I'll play him, and I did, and
1: that was fine. Got me a touchdown and some yards. Just fine. <laughs> so and honestly. Callaway's probably actually better than what you'd think going forward. I mean, all all I have to see is Baker Mayfield's touchdown interception ratio since Kitchens has taken over.
0: Uh, Yeah. I've loved it since Kitchens has taken over. I still don't understand. Even when Duke Johnson had his good games, I still felt they were kind of fluky. Like they don't want to use him as much in the offense. Mm -hmm. Nick Shaw's been great. I understand that, but you got like a Kamara Ingram duo. That's much younger. I know Kamara young, but Ingram's not. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I would be rocking that, like, New Orleans-style offense right now. Especially when you look at the weapons surrounding it, Mayfield. Like, it's clearly the best two players in that offense from a talent perspective, that yeah. I can tell. Yeah. Like, maybe Callaway soon, but not as a rookie. Is He's not better than Duke Johnson no. at being what he is. Right. And Joku's pretty decent. He's outperformed my expectations. He's been able to catch the ball, which was my number one concern. Mm-hmm. I hadn't noticed a ton of drops. I mean, maybe I missed some, but... I get Kitchens coming from an Arians offense, but if I were him, I'd
0: be emulating the Saints. I, I think that's their best as a young coordinator, but I don't know. He's doing a good job, for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Huge improvements. Yeah, tidbits from last week. Rolling over into this week. Good yeah. talk. What's what Can we start a tight end, because I just don't care about it. Yeah, let's get it out of the way. I, now I, that the buys are gone, I hope whoever you had all season long is ready to play, because... Tight end's been bad this season. And if you're looking for a sleeper right now, then you're probably in hot water. Yeah. But let's do it. Let's do it. let's <laughs> um, we'll just start keeper. Who do you guys as your keeper? Because I'll probably just pick the other one.
1: <laughs> That's fine. Um, I will preface this by saying I like the top, the top two big guys a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to skip them. But I think Eric Ebron, I have to mention as being my keeper this week. Um, The other two guys I love a lot as well, I probably like them more, for sure. I think they're the only two people in that top tier, so I'm talking about Kelsey and Ertz. Yeah. Um, But Eric Ebron is as close to that tier as you can get without being there. Yeah. His touchdown numbers seem completely fluky and inflated, and I don't really understand how he's had this sort of year. All of that's there. He's also dealing with a back issue right now. But all I have to hear is Jack Doyle going out with a kidney injury again we're get going out again but mm-hmm. this time with a kid you yeah. and he's out for the rest of the year. I I can't dislike Ebron and if there's a part that Jacksonville's defense is typically weak on, I would say it's probably covering the tight end. So this week I just think he's a pretty good play if he plays. I know this back issue is going on right now, but I think going forward and this week he's probably the the one of the sleeper tight ends that I'm going to think is going to be helping a lot of these middle tier fantasy teams down the stretch. Yeah. That
0: Doyle injury really helped him out personally. Um, but yeah, Kelsey and Ertz, then I'll just say in both Kelsey, because he's been the best tight end over the last four weeks um, going against Oakland. It's a very favorable matchup. Ertz is, doesn't have a, as favorable a matchup for tight ends against Washington, but Washington is giving up 261 passing yards and, like I said last week, Ertz is just like the safety blanket for that offense. They it really is. That was just a battle of putrid offenses with the Giants and the Eagles, and good for the Ertzs they came out her top.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's nice to see because I I know that I was not a hundred percent sold on Ertz from a conceptual standpoint because you look at his career and he's always played fairly well. Mm-hmm. But his expectations have always been really high, mm-hmm. and I I saw fluke year as a possibility for this year. Mm-hmm. It's glad I'm glad it wasn't. I,
0: I think was, it would have been flukier if this was like a legit, well-rounded, altogether all-firing offense, but it's really not. It's not. A, it's not. It's a like problem. a regressed offense that's just doing their safety blanket to Earth. it's just psh, over
1: and over and <laughs> over again. When you start seeing above double-digit catches for tight ends, and they still only have like. 100 yards, and yeah. like, well, he had 14 catches this week yeah. for 130 yards, you're like, whoa, 130 yards, but wait, it means you're only catching like 8 yards a catch, Yeah. on average, so you're really not going anywhere, you're no. just involved in a just little over open. and over and
0: over again, it, picking apart zones and not really winning games, but mm-hmm. good for them, he makes fantasy well. Yes, yeah, especially in PPR, <laughs>
1: Woo.
0: Yeah. MVP. I like Cameron Brate too, we were right on that, and he's already trended up above 70% owned, so...
1: I guess he's a keeper now. Good for everybody yeah. Listened and, I think he's probably top five tight end the rest of the season. Yeah. Like, for me, if I'm looking at tight ends, probably in a power ranking sort of mindset. Like, maybe not best play this week or anything. I got Kelsey and Ertz at one and two. Interchangeable, probably, depending on who's hot. Then I probably have in that tier two, Kittle, Ebron, Gronk. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're playing and everything, some most of them are injury prone, I guess mm-hmm. not so much with Kittle but then Kittle's quarterbacks are just injury prone yes (laughs) I mean everyone else on that offense is cursed I feel so bad for the I don't think the
0: 49ers were a legitimate team in the offseason like I thought they were going to be an improved team but I have never seen a team with this every week they lose somebody whether it's injury or now it's just you know off the field issues with Ruben Foster it's just yeah like, I can't imagine being a fan of them. Like, that would just suck this year.
1: Because they're expe- they were, they're trending in the right direction. They're still competitive. Yeah. They're playing with, like, third string quarterbacks, yeah. third string running backs. You got one receiver that's. Wide receiver four hasn't been healthy all season, pretty much. The whole offense is. Kittle. Dead. Like, Kittle's the only guy that was basically there from the week one starting. And and, and Brita as well, but I mean, he was but hurt e- off and on, too. Even every week, he's questionable. Yeah. He's played through questionable tag the whole year. He's the only one that's just barely lived through the injury curse. Just such a such a bad luck for them this year. I, I agree with your little rankings there. So, uh, yeah, and I don't know. I, I think the tight ends are a little little rough. And so, yeah. yeah, if you get one of those guys that plays every week, you're probably looking at, like, Cook or something maybe around that next tier. Um and then it's a once you get past that, it's quite a drop-off, really. <laughs> probably break right there with Cook for maybe six and seven. I think so. And, and maybe you can interchange them a little bit up into that next tier. Jordan Reed's been trending up with Colton Reed, Floyd. I forgot all about Reed. Yeah, Reed is definitely... I'd probably put him with Gronk, I'm just honest. glad At to see point. him putting together a healthy season.
0: I said it on the offseason. I felt like this was the year he was going to have a healthy offseason. I mean, a healthy regular season. Sadly... Um, Alex Smith just did not want to pull the trigger. McCoy's pulling the trigger more than ever, and you're seeing a little bit of dividend. Sadly, McCoy's not a really good quarterback.
1: Yeah, you're probably not going to get 150 yards a game out of Reed by any means just because of the way the offense functions, but I love him as well. Yeah. I I think what we saw last week is pretty close to what you probably see going forward Mm -hmm. where he's around that 70-yard mark, 50-70, to Mm -hmm. touchdown every other week.
0: Yeah. That's been nice to see. Mm -hmm. So, if you got... Well, let's talk Creepers. Let's talk Creepers, and then we'll just say... Because now there's no bias, so now we're just subbing in for Creepers, if need be. Who's a Creeper you got this week?
1: I got Trey Burton against the Giants this week. I don't know if I really can say much else, except for... I just have a lot of questions about him. Like, his upside hasn't been very big this year. The offense itself is kind of inconsistent. When the offense is clicking, he's good, but who knows if Trubisky or Daniels going to play. Reports are coming out that Trubisky looks like he'll play. They're yeah. pretty optimistic. I don't but think it matters. I think they're probably equivalent passers. They're definitely the same style players. They both have the ability to run and throw, two-way threat sort of guys. And Daniels played really well through the preseason and played well last week. So, yeah, I don't think you're going to see Burton hit a zero-pointer with Daniels and then play for 70 with Trubisky. He's just mm-hmm. been inconsistent the whole time. So to me, I'd rather go with some sleepers instead and probably roll the dice on somebody else. I would, but man, who's available? We'll talk about that. (laughs) Not much. (laughs) It's (laughs) a little thin. A little thin.
0: I'll say, I mean, Evan Ingram, I'll I'll say two. I got two on here. I thought you may go with one. Um, Evan Ingram, hamstring injury, but he's optimistic. Going against Chicago, I think Chicago just obliterates this New York Giants offense. That defense of Chicago can not be undervalued whatsoever because that offense is not near good enough to be uh 8 and 3 team or whatever their record is now. Yeah. Because their offense is not that good. It it just really isn't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Watching them play um so they will get obl- the Giants will get obliterated um by that defense and Evan Ingram is not going to be a very good play and Jimmy Graham, I don't even understand like I just have why not only why in fantasy, but why in real life is this tight end with a broken thumb playing? And it's showing. He's not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. He's just lollygagging around out there. That's fine. I think four <laughs> catches in the last three games. Yeah. like, oof. I didn't like him before the season started.
1: And they got tight ends. Like, I think they still have Mercedes Lewis and Lance Kendricks. Like, I mean... Are they studs? No, but those are actual NFL caliber, have been on NFL team tight ends. Why would you play a receiving tight end that... Has a broken thumb. ...is going to have a real hard time catching? <laughs> what is this?
0: Put Pierre Paul out there at tight end. <laughs> <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> Might as well be the same thing. I Whatever. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't play him this week against Arizona, who's actually been pretty stout on tight ends. Um, so... With that being said, I would sub in a sleeper for at least the two I said. Who'd you say,
1: Trey Burton? Yeah, yeah I probably. I don't love Trey Burton. No, I don't really love him either. I don't um, love Hooper. Don't gosh, tight ends either. are boring. There's just so many guys that are like the same. Like, yeah. I'm going down this list and we're talking about Jimmy Graham right now, don't love him. Hooper, I haven't loved him from the moment he started this year, but he occasionally puts up more games than a lot of these random tight ends, so I, I yep. guess he's a better bet. I don't know. You're looking at Kyle Rudolph, basically the same thing. Evan Ingram, basically the same thing. <laughs> Uzama, I mean, he's looked as good as those guys, <laughs> yeah. but he, no one even puts him on the radar. For I mean, for good reason. He's not at all exciting. But man. so you got sleeping this week. Um, sleeping, I like that. It, this isn't a guy that's real great to pick up, but I'm going to mention it anyway. And Joku, I think we, we just talked about him a little bit. I like him a lot. Um, he's owned in seventy-one percent of leagues, so probably not available. But I love five catches for sixty-three yards. It is against the Cincinnati defense, so grain of salt with that one. Mm-hmm. But even if you get half that production, it's kind of better than a lot of these tight ends. Mm-hmm. And he's been pretty reliable overall this year. Had some duds for completely gone games, but most of his yardage totals are close to fifty yards when he is involved in the offense.
0: Yeah, if you can get your hands on him, and you got one of the dudes that we we're just talking about for sure. Um... I would actually just straight drop any of the people we just mentioned to own him. But yeah. I feel in the most competitive leagues, I hope Njoku's gone. But a sleeper you can get your hands on, I think, man, you're desperate if you go with either of these. But uh, Charles Clay, um, he's returning this week against Buffalo, who's um, against Miami, I'm sorry. And um, he's got the seventh, seventh, Miami's given up seventh most points to touchdowns. Um, oh my goodness. I just had a stroke because I'm totally not even thinking about what I'm trying to say with uh, Charles Clay. He is the tight end for the Buffalo Bills. (laughs) He's been hurt. He's coming back, hopefully. If he does come back, he's going against Miami. (laughs) Miami has given up the seventh most points uh, to tight ends. Last week, they got torched um, for three touchdowns and nine catches to tight ends. So there you go. Charles Clay could very well come away with a touchdown.
1: Okay. Um, Okay.
0: Antonio Gates is in a favorable matchup against Pittsburgh, which means he could get a touchdown. I guess. I guess. I mean... I won't come close to adding them, <laughs> but I did the research to look at the matchups and their history, and I think they could possibly be a good play unless you're debating you want to play a tight end with a broken thumb. Yeah. I had to slow down my mind and really focus on this intense detail. It, intense. Are we about done with tight ends?
1: (laughs) I'll throw in a few more sleepers because it is so bleak. I I, I am surprised Jonu Smith actually caught another touchdown this last week. Jonu, I think. Jonu? Yeah. Jonu. Yeah, Jonu Smith. Two catches for 63 yards and a touchdown against Houston. Going up against the Jets this week. Not a great matchup. Not feeling very confident that'll happen again. But, I mean, three touchdowns in the last four games is better than what a lot of guys have to go for. It's better than a broken thumb, I guess. As a flyer, yep. Uh, And Chris Herndon... Seven catches last week. I like to see that. It's against New England, though. And this week is against the number one tight end covering defense in Tennessee. <sighs> Not great. Yeah. But I think I might be willing to roll with the hot hand on a guy that has four catches, three catches, and seven catches. And over 30 yards in the, every all the last games. So, to me, I would probably go with that over Hooper against Baltimore. As Maybe. An example. So, I, I don't know. It, it It's all a little bleak. But
0: you're playing Herndon this late in the season, just... You might as well just take whatever points you get in the tight end (laughs) position. Grateful. Yes. All right. Let's get somewhere that matters. Let's bounce all the way to the number one thing that matters in fantasy sports here. And let's talk running backs. Running backs. Okay. Let's do it. Running backs. All right. We started Keeper last. Let's start Creeper um, with our running backs. Okay.
1: Uh, Who are you creeping on this week? I got a few names. Um, Number one is Nick Chubb versus houston okay and and so this kind of surprised me um when i was looking into this a little bit more um but houston definitely is not a cupcake defense by Mm -hmm. any means they've been playing pretty well i think the the major reason why houston keeps winning these games jj watt's having a resurgent year Clowney's looking pretty decent they're they're like chicago of the afc to me i I completely agree with you their offense is very overrated it's highly inconsistent like, occasionally you get these games that make you believe or want to believe because the way that they put on a show. And then other games you're like, oh, it's uh, Lamar Miller. I forgot. Yeah. I shouldn't believe in 146 yards is the thing that's going to happen yeah. very often.
0: He only has over 100 yards if he gets one of his 97-yard t- like <laughs> rushes.
1: If you take that out, he was around 50 yards like his normal self. So yeah, I mean, he is who he is. He's not terrible. He's not great. But yeah. Uneventful. Mm-hmm. But Nick Chubb, his huge volume and consistency cannot be... Overstated. He has a very solid floor. He's utilizing the pass game more than what I ever thought he would be. With Duke Johnson there, I thought he would be completely taking over those responsibilities. But this is the first legit matchup he's had. Yes. And what I was looking at, and what concerns me the most, is 3.0 yards per carry last week in Cincinnati, who was the what? 32nd ranked. I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah. Wow. He had a lot of passing and receiving yards. So right. To say... Want to be clear, (laughs) he's still useful. I'm not saying panic sell button, but only 3.0 yards per carry last week against the worst run defense in the National Football League. You hate to see that. And since becoming a starter, if you exclude the outlier in his games, which was the Atlanta game, he averaged 8.8 yards in that game. So to be clear, amazing game, and it, it, it you can't forget about it. But if you exclude that huge one against a very soft Atlanta run defense as well. He's averaging 3.65 yards per carry this year. So it is 4.65 with that Atlanta game, but that's still not encouraging me as much as I would think. He's I think it's mostly his volume that's driving him. And so against this Houston defense, I think there's a chance for a little bit of a dud Yeah, with Chubb. He's still definitely playable. His volume will keep him there, and he'll probably be involved in the receiving game as well, and he'll probably get a touchdown. So. But if he doesn't get that touchdown this week, I think it's very possible you might see a five- to six-point game.
0: Well, I'll give you a name that's very similar. Just based on volume, we can't bench him. Um, But at the same time, if you have the luxury to play somebody that is ranked up there close to him, I would probably flip him out. Um, Saquon Barkley against Chicago. Same thing with uh, – I just think their offense is going to get obliterated. Um, Chicago's given up 3.6 yards per carry and 80.8 um yards total rushing a week. uh, oh, man. Ain't good. But somebody I would sub out for an average sleeper, um, or a, a good play, I'd say, is Mark Ingram at Dallas this Thursday. Three point seven yards per carry given up by Dallas with ninety three point six yards per carry. told, I mean yards per game told, uh on the rush. I, I I don't like him this much, uh that this week.
1: And I'm I'm stumbling with my words tonight. It's all right. You're getting the point through. I'm getting my point it, through. It's just a little muddled there. It's a little bit muddled. But I agree with you. Uh, Mark Ingram is... He's never been my favorite guy. Looking at his numbers, though, it was blowing my mind how good they were for yards per carry after I was ripping him so hard for the first like three games coming back off of uh, suspension. Mm-hmm. But that Cincinnati game really bloats a lot of his yeah. numbers. And I know that he had another huge game as well after Which that. Which blows my mind that Nick Chubb didn't run better against Cincinnati. Me too. I mean, he was my keeper of the week. I think I was saying words like the best fantasy running back in the NFL this last week. Mm-hmm. I Had mean, a great week. It was fine. But it's volume. But it disappointed me because of the way I expected him to play. I thought there was almost no way he wasn't going to have 80 yards rushing. But mm-hmm. he just looked a lot more pedestrian. Even watching him live, he looked fine. But he wasn't explosive in the way that I expected him to be against a cupcake defense. I feel you. So, I think you're right on Ingram. I think against a hard matchup, he's... Dallas is a way better team growing. than people are giving credit to. I think they're one of the more complete teams yeah. recently, which yeah. is surprising to say. I, I like I the Marty Cooper on the offseason,
0: no doubt, if you've listened to us. But the way he has changed that team, that offense, the way that offense runs now is just, they look impressive. And their defense is one of the... It's definitely above average. To say the least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Hmm. Trying to think of one of my bold statements to say. Trying to think of a high... I like him better than Chicago. Okay. Dak Prescott's looking legit. I think he is a very good fantasy player for the rest of the season. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Um... I like him better in Chicago. I'll say that. I already said I like him better than everybody else in that division, which isn't saying much because you know my take on the Eagles, <laughs> Giants, and Redskins without Alex Smith is just. Not Alex Smith is a blow you away quarterback, but he's a very good.
1: He's, he will never lose. He's a winning a game. quarterback,
0: right. Yeah. He's not Colt McCoy,
1: so. How long ago did they get Amari Cooper? Is that four, four weeks? weeks? three weeks. Four weeks? Okay. So they lost the first game with him, and then they've won three. I don't think it's a coincidence. That Ezekiel Elliott has had three straight 100-yard games, all coming after the acquisition of Amari Cooper. It wasn't a clean as soon as Amari Cooper got there, mm-hmm. but that's completely expected. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect Amari Cooper to make half the impact that he has just based on adjustments, yeah, and getting in into a, a rhythm with Prescott, who was not throwing the ball at an, an alarming. That's the most impressive rate.
0: thing is how well they've clicked on a mid-season trade, which you yes. never see work with wide receivers, but immediately like. I look at the talent Amari Cooper has because, as I have complained earlier in the season, now I'm enjoying it, is how much te- Dallas is televised. But I get to watch Cooper run his routes and watch them break down his routes, and he is very good. I, I didn't know he was that good. I just looked at his tangibles and you know, uh, his pro days and stuff like that, and I was like, man, this guy's he's he's got some skills, but watching him actually run his routes, he's, he's doing really well. Like you said, spreading out that box for Zeke, that's a
1: very good offense right now, especially with Dak playing well. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that he's been this consistent? Because in Oakland, he had chemistry with Carr. He came up with Carr. They they developed together. And it was like every two games, he would have a huge one. And then three weeks of literally under 30 yards, almost guaranteed, like almost completely uninvolved. And that's the way it was early on in this season too. Then he goes to Dallas and then his floor increases to like 50 with a new quarterback adjustment mid-season, not even knowing the offense. Yeah. Blows my mind. I don't know. I agree with you. Um, Cool. So there's our Creepers. Yeah, also just mentioned Ezekiel Elliott. I don't love him against New Orleans defense. You're not taking him out. It's not very helpful information. But I'm just saying temper your expectations. New Orleans has been just staggering this year from a run defense standpoint. They've been staggering. And New Orleans is a better team than Dallas. But I think people are going to be
0: surprised tomorrow watching that game. I think Dallas puts
1: up a very good game against New Orleans at home. My question to you, does Ezekiel Elliott have over 80 yards rushing? Yes. I think Dallas so believe, may end New Orleans' streak. Ooh, bold statements galore. So you're saying this will be the first running back to rush for over 80 yards I think on a so. season against New Orleans? I think so. And I could totally eat what I'm saying right now. <laughs> I
0: mean, I fully expect it. Mm but that's why people listen. Yeah, I is, mean that's true. We don't. Uh, I we don't definitely. Hold back. <laughs> I don't hold back on my <laughs> sayings, man. I stick to them too. And this season, thankfully, I haven't been burnt more than I've gotten them right on these bold things. Um, I think tomorrow we see that Dallas is a way more legitimate team. So,
1: it'll be interesting. I like New Orleans a little too much to give. I love Dallas. A chance. I, they still are my. F- Probably my favorite football team in the, in the NFL. They look so dang good. But great. every streak has to come to an end. It's true. And it's, it's a legitimate game. Yeah. I think a lot of people might look at that, and I, don't, I haven't looked at the Vegas odds, but I would not be surprised to see that New Orleans is favored by like 8 yeah. to 10, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's quite fair. I would give it a four-point spread, because I think Dallas really could compete with them this game. Still taking New Orleans to and win. What's but that linebacker's name? Va- Von Esch? Van Esch? Van Esch or, yeah, Kyle Van Esch or something. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, who's he? But he's it, becoming like one of my favorite players in the NFL. Him beside Lee? When Lee's back? I don't know when Lee's back. Sadly, we don't do anything
1: defensive researching for linebackers really, but. No. But Lee's always hurt. But if you have a compliment for him to even just stabilize defense when he's gone and slash be amazing together when they're back. Van Ash just looks, I've always loved defensive players, and
0: he, I'm rooting him on. Um. Anyways, we are just tangents before, <laughs> for more days,
1: but it's all right. They're good ones. Uh, like keeper or sleeper next? Oh, let's go keeper. Let's do it. Who do you got? I actually got three. <laughs> so I'll go with my favorite first, and then we'll let you go, and then uh, we'll see what we I'll probably do my got. thing where I just, yeah, go. Christian McCaffrey. Yes. There's no way I can't mention him this A- week. Absolutely not. He has officially, in my book, become a top three running back, and I can't figure out a matchup or a situation where he won't be there for the rest of the season. Yeah, He's so good. He's so important to everything that they do in Carolina. He's involved in the receiving game. There are many times you see 100 yards rushing and 100 yards receiving from the same player in the same game well, with touchdowns. to be
0: fair... It- that's the only time we've seen it with Christian McCaffrey.
1: Yes, but but still, nonetheless, yes, I understand what
0: you're saying. Unbelievable
1: game. Yeah, and I don't want to overstate it. I'm not saying 100 yards rush, 100 yards receiving, girly esque numbers. The rest of the season, I'm not quite there. Mm-hmm. But man, he looks matchup proof to the degree that he will be playable in every matchup, regardless, especially
0: against Tampa Bay.
1: And that's where I'm at. The keeper of the week, <laughs> my my dude, he's on fire, setting crazy high ceiling games. And a soft match against tampa yeah he's mine as well he's already burned tampa bay as well um but then
0: i'll go ahead and just say cream hunt at oakland 151.4 rushing yards per game is what oakland's given <laughs> i don't see them needing to air it out much against
1: oakland um i like cream hunt i can't come up with a single idea of why that would be a bad play go ahead and throw your other names out there and i'll just make these a little quicker philip lindsey 5.8 yeah. yards per carry. Yes. Yeah. Cincinnati. Yep. That's all I need to say. 5.8 yards per carry on the season for Lindsey in every game. Run first offense. Phillip Lindsey's been a beast, and Cincinnati can't stop anybody. So right. love him. And then Aaron Jones against Arizona, I think, is an absolutely wonderful keeper. I have him in the running back one range for sure. I've been harping on him a lot this year, but 6.0 yards per carry. This season, that's the highest of any running back in the top 20. So, surprise, surprise. Yep. Maybe not the name you'd expect to see. Uh, 31st against the run for Arizona. They're pretty good against the pass. I think it's going to be a game-flow, run-first game. Aaron Jones is going to be the one to benefit from that. I dig it. I am not going to say anything against that. Plus six TDs in the last five games, so that helps,
0: too. Yeah. It's just Green Bay's a mess. I Just, I just tell me Green
1: Bay, and I just... It feels bad. I don't know. I don't understand why they're bad. I mean, this is another tangent waiting to happen, so I'll only keep it short. But Rodgers seems to have 20 touchdowns, one pick on the season. Not turning the ball over. Yardage totals are down. Touchdown totals are kind of down from a consistency standpoint this year. Aaron Jones is up. Mm-hmm. Devontae Adams is the only legitimate target in the offense, which is probably why Aaron Rodgers' numbers are down so much with a bunch of rookie receivers. But the defense is better than it's ever been. So, who would have thought Aaron Rodgers on this team would be healthy enough to play after that injury to his knee? Aaron Jones breaks out and st- beginning to get real-life carries, and their defense is at least middling, and then they're losing every game. Yeah. If you would have told me, give Aaron-, give Aaron Rodgers a running game and a defense, I've been like, we're making a run for the Super Bowl in Green Bay, and here we are, <laughs> falling out of the playoff race. <laughs> Weird season. I don't know, man. Things are looking... I'm- I
0: don't want to say much because I know you're a fan. I'm just am glad I'm not right now. All right.
1: Sleepers. What you got? Hmm. I, I thought about this one a little bit. Uh, cause there, there's one guy that's on my list as a play, a, a, in my opinion, a must play, but I don't really love his ceiling. Okay. But I'll just say it. Austin Eckler. And I think we'll talk about him a little bit later, so I don't want, I won't want to go into too much of this. But with Melvin Gordon injury in this offense that revolves so heavily around the running back, I think Eckler, who's also been surprisingly efficient this year, I didn't give him any credit earlier on in the season, Mm -hmm. thought Melvin Gordon was the man, the myth, the legend, and would be the only relevant running back in Mm -hmm. this offense. But Eckler stayed fairly decent for a true backup with not a ton of touches. So with his efficiency numbers, I imagine they're going to take a big hit as the primary and only running back this week, if that's the way it goes. Um, and it's against the top the 10th best running defense with Pittsburgh, and the game flow might work him out of it. But I think he's a, a very solid flex play, if not a running back too. So I like him. See, and this is the thing is, I, I get what you're saying,
0: but based on his owning percentage, is everybody's been so high on him all season long, he's owned up to like 85 to 95% based on where you're playing. So he's more like a being treated as RB2, high RB2 to RB1,
1: you're probably right. In
0: Pittsburgh, it's a tough matchup. He almost comes close to a creeper to me. Just, I just don't like that ma- matchup. It Pittsburgh a is matchup. T- turning it on big time. At home against running backs, like you said, his efficiency is going to go down. He's not going to be this efficient guy yeah. that gets to just benefit from game flow because Melvin Gordon's doing the, the leg legwork. Mm-hmm. So he's more of a – but I see what you're saying because he is, you know – The way me and you perceived him all season long. If it was a league of me and you's,
1: we would be able to go out. He would be on my bench as a handcuff to Melvin Gordon. And I wouldn't play him unless he was hurt. Right. Some people were playing him as flex some of the year even. Against soft matchups or even... Which it paid out for him, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think they're the right ones on this. Yeah. I guess for me... We're just late to the party, I guess. I guess so. We just didn't see the talent. I don't know. I don't know. But... I'll give you another name because I just think it's pretty good. Do it. Gus Edwards, again, just in case he's still not owned. He's owned in like 71% of Yahoo right now, which is yeah. still lower than it should be. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I think he Him needs and Josh 95%. Adams. 95%. I also agree I love Josh Adams as well.
0: Gordon he's got Edwards. a tougher play this week against Washington. Gus Edwards does not. I would yes. still fire him up against Atlanta
1: as long as that ankle injury pans out okay. Correct. I think he's an RB1 for Gus Edwards this week if... If you have him or can get a hold of him, please do. I think his carry numbers, if he's healthy enough to go and get full workload, which I'm leaning toward he will be. I mean, who knows? I could be wrong. 29th against running backs for Atlanta. Guy that's going to get probably at least 15 carries because they're not going to throw. Yeah. Can't love him more. As
0: long as he's healthy. I just want to hear one more report saying that all's well and good with Gus Edwards. Um, I'm going to mention two because I want to. Um... I I just feel good about Doug Martin. I'm happy for him. As bad as the Raiders have been, he's been the only good thing about him all season long, and I'm glad he's going out on this. I think this is his last year of relevancy. I think they probably bring in a running back, a young running back, on the off season, and he has just been
1: efficient. He has not been bad,
0: and. As much as I would have loved to meet him and be yeah, right, you're, you're right. And I'm not saying to rub it in. It just He's no, been good. No, he's been right. good receiving the ball. He's got a sweet nickname, Muscle Hamster. <laughs> True. And, and against Kansas City, um, five yards per carry with 13 touchdowns on the season, and he's not being completely phased out in the passing game. He's oh. averaging at least 20 yards of receiving around there over the past four weeks. Good for Doug Martin. 29 years old. He's, you know, best years are behind him. I'm glad he's doing that for his sake because, I think everybody would kind of say he's just he was nothing. But he's etched out a good little season for him, and I'm I'm feeling fine playing him this week against Kansas City. But here's a name that I just mainly just for my sheer hatred um, <laughs> for. Do you know who? No, I,
1: don't. I have to mention his
0: stats every week. Oh yeah, I feel you. I, I know. Do you know
1: who's going. who's it? Who's Are you you feeling a little Tennessee running back right now? Yeah,
0: and it's not my sheer hatred of Deion Lewis. He's not the one calling the plays. I just don't understand Vrabel as a coach. And every time I watch Tennessee Titans, I think they're a worse football team. I just think, what in the world is that team doing? (laughs) Um, So Deion Lewis this past week, I've never bashed him being an alternate back, getting some catches, relieving him on third downs, Derrick Henry. It's just the carries are insane. And this week, they were a lower significant amount. And I think over halftime, like, somebody may have finally like texted Bravo like, and maybe you shouldn't hand him the ball so many times. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had six carries, I think, at the half for like five yards. Finished the game with seven carries for eight yards. Every week, I mention his stats. I think it's good now that we just mentioned Deion Lewis for the season. Has 129 rushes. For 428 yards. That's enough sample size for me. That averages
1: (laughs) 3.3 yards per carry. Oof. If I was talking about Nick Chubb having poor situational skewed numbers into being about 3.6 as like bad. Oof. And watching him play Tennessee.
0: Because we all had the luxury of watching that. Just not very fun game in my opinion against the Texans um, on Monday night. Dion Lewis. Is getting tackled by his own line he just runs right into him every time like he is just <laughs> it is crazy and and Derrick Henry wasn't overwhelmingly good in this game either but he's just clearly the better running I, I I don't know clearly I'm biased to Derrick Henry but at the same time I'm not really biased against Deion Lewis he's just not good yeah, yeah. and I've never seen anybody get that many rushes Anyways, they're going up against the Jets, giving up 4.4 yards per carry, 128.2 yards on the game, um, and 10 touchdowns. So, hopefully, that second half wasn't a fluke, and maybe Vrabel up, woke up and was like, hey, I have one running back that can't run the ball, and the other one that can, maybe I shouldn't hand the ball off to the guy that can run the ball, and maybe it doesn't take to the second. Like, every week, he remembers it at, at halftime. He's like, oh, wait, that's the running back. That guy over there is... <laughs> the water boy that hasn't figured it out yet. Oh, so maybe this game, Derrick Henry sees some carries in the first bit because the Jets are a bad team. All, literally, Tennessee would have to do to win this football game is to run the ball with Derrick Henry. That's it. That's all
1: it would... If they did that, they would win. Mariota looks bad to me. He does look bad. He looks bad. As much as I'd love to believe in him for being such a high pick, a dual-threat quarterback, we've seen so many of them have success this year with the running slash passing... He I looks seen so bad. So few highlights and so many lowlights.
0: Hmm. And I would be ticked if I was an offensive lineman of him because his high sack numbers aren't necessarily because the pocket's breaking down. Is it's him. He just does it. He gets himself sacked. It's just bad. I I hate watching Tennessee play. It's just bad.
1: Offensively, they may be the most talented Horrible offense in the national football I can agree League. with that when, when it comes to a decent offensive line You have a highly touted drafted quarterback That's had sporadic individual games of success Over the few years that he's had So I mean pretty underwhelming But there's something there He's not mm-hmm. horrible You have two running backs that deserve to be on NFL rosters At varying levels of effectiveness mm-hmm. And then you have Corey Davis A very highly touted first round pick wide out and a couple of other young receivers that they took in the t- upper half of the drafts that they've had floating around and then you have you had Delaney Walker I guess and Johnny Smith isn't terrible as a backup tight end it's just bad and they can't score 10 points a game hard to watch yeah
0: that was that was a miserable monday night game but i watched that sucker <laughs> i watched it all. i sure did i sat there and just watched it happen <laughs> I apologize for that on behalf of the Tennessee Titans. Mariota's first, second, third, and fourth options with the ball is to run it.
1: <laughs> How do they draw that up on the playbook? Is it just option, option, option? I think they draw it up as a pass, and he's then he's like, okay, so this
0: is where I can take the
1: ball left, right, straight. Mm, so It's a run. The receiver is running up <laughs> and inside. Like, how, well, how do I meet him there to hand it off? Yeah, the first thing he does... You've got to run real fast to meet him there at the 10-yard line. Yard. The first
0: thing he does when he looks at the play, is like, well, first off, this isn't going to work cause that's beyond 10 yards, and I'm not throwing it that far. <laughs> like, what a... I, I don't can't feel
1: my hand. <laughs> it's real hard for me to throw it that far. <laughs> so talking about quarterbacks, we'll just transition right into quarterbacks. What do you say? Okay, I did not put Mariota on my creeper list, but... If any of you have him on the general starter list, I would probably label him as a creeper. So yeah, Just question why. I, I I would agree. I would say firmly keep him off. But Unless you live in Tennessee. I mean, unless you're Mariota and you got to own yourself in fantasy. I don't know. One play this week from Marcus Mariota. Have we started Sleeper yet? Um, I have not said anything yet. But uh, uh, I'll uh, jump right into Sleeper. Like, have we started Sleeper for a position? Oh, um... I don't think we have. I think we've been keepers and creepers so far. Let's do sleepers. Sleepers it is. I think
0: my sleepers are the same that they were last week, but I'm not certain. No, because it was Mayfield. Okay.
1: Go. Okay. I'm going to go with a surprising one here. I didn't expect to have him on here, but he's a little bit more of a deep sleeper, so let's be honest. It's not a gotta put him in, but if you need a quarterback. I like Case Keenum against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's defense is so bad. Mm -hmm. I understand this is a run first team, but... I don't hate him. He's not turning the ball over much this year. So I sh- I don't see any like 75 yards passing in the whole game sort of things with four picks to hurt you. Um, he's over 14 fantasy points in every soft matchup that I've seen this year, except for one. And so he had one dud against Kansas City. But other than that, the only other duds he had was against the Chargers, which is, is third rated fantasy defense against quarterbacks, Baltimore, which is eighth best, and Arizona, which is fourth. Mm-hmm. So... Other than that, he's going to probably score you over 14 points in every other game. So against the 30th-ish rated pass defense, I didn't check them again this week for Cincinnati yeah. after last week. But I don't imagine they improve much with yeah. the way Cleveland played on them. I'm thinking his ceiling is pretty much 21 points, but I think you get close to that this week. So I see him as a streamable option if you need a replacement for maybe Trubisky in the deeper league or something like that. I like him. I just got the gut feeling that the real problem in Denver is kind of coaching right now.
0: Um, my sleepers, as you just said, I only switched out Mayfield, so you know my number one is Jameis Winston. Um, didn't turn the ball over last week. That was surprising. Amazing. But uh, his volume's still there. It's going to be there again with Carolina at home. Um, he'll be firing that ball like crazy. Um we were talking nicknames with the Muscle Hamster. Yeah. Do you know that Jameis Winston finally got cleared from his legal trouble, troubles this past week? Oh, I did not. He did. It was only like, the lady only asked for like $75,000. Oh, okay. So he's now sticking in the NFL. I got him a nickname.
1: What do you got? The Crotch Rocket. <laughs> the Crotch Rocket? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Do <laughs> you think he'd sign off on that? I don't think so. Uh-uh. Crotch Rocket right on his football card there? <laughs>
0: The crotch rocket. <laughs> hey, he's getting paid enough. He can take a nickname.
1: He can take
0: a so win. there he goes, getting all more money than I'll ever make in my lifetime. And I work in healthcare. And he grabs crotches. And there to the crotch rocket goes there for go. multiple passing yards this week. I like him a lot so as <laughs> well. But Dak in Prascott. fantasy to be clear. <laughs> Dak Prescott uh, off the field
1: I can also like as well. And against New Orleans, I think he has another good game. I completely agree. I have him as one of my other sleeper as well. Yeah, there's just so much to like. Three straight games with a rushing TD. Second biggest game of the week last week against Washington, who's no slouch really on defense for the most most of this year. The addition of Cooper just really seemed to open it up. I think you're getting. Pretty close to maybe a ceiling, which he's had two games of, of over 25 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. I think this, you're going to see at least about 20 this fantasy week. So I think he's very much playable as a quarterback one. I just like, I job. think Winston's a little bit safer. That's all. Winston is 100% safer. I actually label Winston as probably a top five quarterback this week yeah. as well. So I think we're both on the same page. Winston just, his volume keeps him so relevant. <laughs> and not just the volume, it's just the weapons there. That's also true. And some of them aren't even being utilized. What a like Deshaun dream. Wax- Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Just what a dream to stumble into if you're a quarterback. I don't Truly. Know. I mean, how many times can you stumble into a team that has two tight end ones? Like, maybe one of the best, arguably, tight end cores you could have had coming into the season. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans, an elite wide out one. Doesn't get talked about enough, to be honest, but very good. Then you have Deshaun Jackson, veteran deep threat. And then Chris Godwin, who's... I- at times, it had drop problems. but Adam Humphreys and the two tight ends. Adam is Humphreys, just, yeah. I don't know, I man.
0: Well, then, we talked sleepers, which is good things. Who are we going
1: to creep on that we're going to put these sleepers into the game? Well, one of them is going to be in agreement with what you mentioned earlier. So I'll just get that one out of the way. I don't think it really requires a ton of thought. I kind of mentioned it with Aaron Jones as well. Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I think he's creeping on my list this week. He might be playable, But he's went up against the fourth best pass defense. I don't have a lot of confidence. Like, I have him somewhere around 10 to 12 at quarterback this week when it comes to fantasy points. You'd play Winston over him, right? Yes, I would play Winston over him. I would play Dak Prescott Prescott. over him. It's only Case Keenum. That's about the amount of confidence I have. If you have Case Keenum or Aaron Rodgers, I'd probably go with Aaron Rodgers just because his ceiling's higher. Is Case Keenum at home? I'm not sure. I'd
0: have to look. I think if Case Keenum was at home, I would play Case Keenum over.
1: I'll take a look. I dig it, but I, I don't like Rodgers. I think with the rookie receivers, it's really made a bigger impact than you'd think. Geronimo Allison, a guy he actually had some chemistry with, has been hurt. Randall Cobb hasn't really been on the field. All the all he got all he's got is Devonte Adams mm-hmm. and Patrick Peterson should be able to match up pretty well with him this week. I just think they're going to be have to run to be successful, and so I think he's limited based on the fact that they're heading more in the direction of running first, and. It's a tough matchup. So, uh, but Case Keenum. This should is run at first in Arizona.
0: At Cincinnati, yeah, I'd probably play Aaron Rodgers. Um, my creeper then will be Tom Brady versus Minnesota. I just don't dig it. I didn't really dig them at New York.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not going to dig Minnesota at home. I don't know. You could prove me wrong. I don't know what to think about New England right now.
1: I don't either. It's so weird. It's... I thought about it a lot. Because you're looking at Josh Gordon, and he occasionally gets some long balls. Gronk is due to break out, and he caught a touchdown last week, mm-hmm. so, I mean, mm-hmm. that's something. Edelman's been Edelman. And then Sonny Michelle and James White are there, and they've been effective, but they haven't been amazing the last couple of weeks. At times earlier on in the season, they've been better, but, like, they're not really blowing my mind. Like, M- Michelle, I guess, has had a lot of yards, but he's had a lot of carries. His efficiency isn't off the charts. It's... Yeah. It's weird just seeing them be a short dump-off Tom Brady offense. There's too much dump-off. I think maybe that's their problem. They, the only guy they have to make a big play happen seems Gordon. to be Gordon, and he just doesn't do it consistently enough. So they seem more pedestrian, less surgical than they have it in mm-hmm. past years. I'm with you, and Minnesota's D is no joke. It's just, the thing with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady is they're so
0: one-dimensional now, and the league's just moving so much towards two-dimensional quarterbacks, and that's better for fantasy purposes anyways. Mm -hmm. You get them in unfavorable matchups, then just play a sleeper. Play, Mm -hmm. I like Dak and Jameis better than them. Uh, Better than him, too. So, but who I don't like them better than. Let's talk about those people real quick, and our keepers. I, I'm i going to just say it. I just love this week. Russell Wilson. He's always been a late-season hero. Mm-hmm. Going up against San Francisco, um, there's no way I could put him on the bench in any league.
1: That's interesting. I'm not as confident, but I can't say that that's a tough matchup against San Francisco. James Winston just got through shooting without turning the ball over, so yeah. <laughs> probably yeah. good things for Russell Wilson as well. I just think... They're more of a run-first team. I mean, I don't know. Wilson will play fine, but I don't know if I'd quite have him on my keeper list. He's, he's a quarterback one, though, so I don't really have a lot of complaints about it, just don't love him quite as much. Um, my keeper is probably going to be, well, obviously Mahomes, but I feel like it's a cop-out almost at this point. He's averaging 27 points a game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the matchup as much, though. I don't think he hits that 27 mark, at least. I think he gets
0: close to 20. Sure, yeah.
1: I mean, I I can get on board with that. I think the game flow is just going to be way too exactly awful. Like they're probably going to score a lot in the first half. Mahomes is going to look like he's going to have a historic day again, and then they'll probably run the whole. I second just think half.
0: this is a cream pine game. Yeah, I do. At think. least it should be, but it's Andy Reid, so probably not. They'll probably throw it a thousand <laughs> times.
1: And... Uh, maybe, but I'll I'll, I'll do golf um, as my actual keeper as well. I think he's the guy that is typically not as big a lock as the best player you know. at Detroit. At Detroit. I, With Darius Slay and Ziggy Ansah coming back. Bring it. I think I would play Jameis and Dak over him. I would not. I, I You made me a believer by putting my eyeballs on Richards, who uh, has who played pretty well the, the game before the bye. Um, the more I thought about it, when I look at the catch amounts for the other receivers since Cooper's injury as well, it's just... They can't be stopped. I think they have such a good offensive design. They have so many weapons. Goff throws it to all of them, ranging from Gurley to Richards to Cooper or not Cooper Cup, uh, Cooks and uh, Woods. So I love it. His last four games are twenty six points, twenty one points, twenty nine points, thirty five points. Looking pretty hot. Got a bye week to prepare. Detroit's pasty should be better though. I will say with Slay coming back, but I just think there's too many weapons, and Ansa helps with the pass rush, but. I just think it's, they're going to be marginally better than what they have been, and they've been getting pretty shellacked recently. So I like J- Jared Goff. I just think he's a lock as a high-end quarterback one this week.
0: I, I, I hate to do it to you, but I just got to clear my name. I disagree. I don't like Ooh. golf this week that much. Okay. Um, if you would have said Cam Newton at Tampa Bay, I would have agreed with you.
1: Cam Newton's also really good. But maybe I'll throw in one more. I'm not even confident. I was debating on even talking about it, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw it out there. Mm-hmm. If we're, if we're just gonna say how we really feel. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. I'm gonna do it. Do Creeper, Philip Rivers, Mister Consistency at himself at Pittsburgh. I agree with you, in especially with saying that Pittsburgh's D is playing way better mm-hmm. over the last six weeks in comparison to the first four weeks. I don't know what was going on in the first four weeks for them, but they look like a completely different defense. Pittsburgh D has quietly not given up over 250 passing yards in a game since week five against Atlanta. It's going to hurt not having Melvin Gordon. Bingo, bango. That has been the primary focus of a lot of their offense, and Rivers isn't going to be completely game over. And I hate to even call him a creeper because his floor has been so high, but I think there's no way that he's near his ceiling this week. Um, It's really interesting. I think this will be his best. Rivers will be the best test since Week Five at quarterbacks as well. A lot of the quarterbacks Pittsburgh has been facing hasn't been great, so that's kind of why I'm thinking it might be slightly bloated as well. But he's. I just think with the. We're gonna see him perform as more of a high end quarterback too, something like 17 points because of the Melvin Gordon injury, one dimensional passing, and the way the Pittsburgh's defense has been playing.
0: Man. If they had Hunter Henry, that offense would even be that much better.
1: It's a guy that I haven't even thought about since right. the injury happened early on in the season. He's a very good tight end. Yeah. It really would have rounded out Fantasy would have been offense. better. Yeah, we would have had a different actual tight end threat to talk about. Yeah. We're not talking about Jared Cook as an actual legitimate tight end one for the whole season.
0: Yeah.
1: I would like that world.
0: I dig it. Now some good quarterback talk. So let's follow up that good quarterback talk with some wide receiver talk.
1: Yeah, I like it. What do you want to start? We've done all three? I want you to start oh. with creepers. With creepers? Yes, tell me who you don't like. Well, I
0: wanted to reiterate and just talk about it even more. Um, I hated him on the offseason. I thought Hard Knocks was building him up like crazy. Everybody was sharing that video about him practicing. <laughs> A lot of words. Not much talent. Jarvis Landry. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. He, he may be able to get on the next Game of Thrones show, whatever they're doing for HBO, since everybody <laughs> loved him. There but we go. If you can't do it against Cincinnati, you ain't going to do it against Houston. And he's just... Just just drop
1: him. I don't drop even him. want him. I, if he, you're a PPR league, maybe you hold him on as the last bench keep for everybody you. Everybody
0: annoyed me talking about him in the offseason.
1: I'm like... And I didn't understand it, and now it just psh, out of here. If you can't even succeed against the softest matchup statistically. Come on. It's rough. And I know William Jackson's not a crap corner that he was being covered by, but no excuse. Like, you can't have 30 yards against a defense that's just been getting shelled by everybody. I will not even begin to disagree with you. Yep. The ultimate creep. That is the final creep. And he's still Come. owned over 90% of leagues. So It's actually mind-blowing to me. That is simply just name only, and it makes me sad. Yeah. His target numbers are insane too, which also makes me sad. If you want to see something interesting, look at target leaders in the NFL, and look who doesn't belong on that list <laughs> when it comes to good players. Uh, Go to show you, targets aren't everything, but I love targets. I as love a targets. That's one of my favorite stats. If you, to for projecting success, and then Jarvis Landry punches me in the face with that. <laughs> yeah. My idea being completely does. not foolproof. And it, that reality hurts. So, yeah, you can let him go. I don't think his upside's enough to warrant holding on to him with his ceiling. So, But I will not have him on my creeper list because he's a forever creeper. I disowned him last week. You already disowned him last week. I had to make sure he was disowned this week. <laughs> I completely understand the logic there. I'm going to go with a kind of a, an obvious one to me. Maybe it's just because I'm a Bengals fan, but I want to clarify. AJ Green, I have him as a creeper this week. It's strange to me because I don't even know if Jeff Driscoll could have played better last week to encourage me to maybe believe that it wouldn't be that bad and maybe maybe he'll play all right. But I think A.J. Green coming off an injury, the Bengals struggling the way they are, Andy Dalton being injured, which I kind of automatically already mentioned, the f- the playoff run looking like it's completely done for them. Like Maybe mathematically they can still make it, but that was a huge loss mm-hmm. for them to be able to do that. Tyler Boyd's emergence for also more split receptions than normal and the ability of Jeff Driscoll to split and read two receivers and be able to throw down the field consistently enough to get him involved with a bad offensive line. And there, it, there's talk that the left tackle is going to be injured for them now. So that means there's talk that Cedric O'Bwehe might have to start or they're going to move Clint Bowling from guard to left tackle to fill in that injury. If you're telling me their offensive line is getting worse – and a rookie quarterback's playing, and A.J. Green's coming back off an injury that kept him out for a week or two. There's nothing I could feel less confident in, even against a medium Denver matchup. I would actually leave A.J. Green on the bench this week. I would go with many of the sleepers that we're probably going to mention as better options.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to... And what's sad about that is he's going to be 31 next year. Mm. He'll draw the cornerback number one next year which will just further mean that I think Tyler Boyd takes over as the best wide receiver in Cincinnati, um, fantasy-wise, next year.
1: It's a thought I haven't even really thought about, but... It's just, just that. I think it's the it, end of an era. It makes he, it makes a very valid point. It makes sense. It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Or if request a trade or something, maybe. If he's tired of losing in Cincinnati, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. We're probably going to have to go through a full rebuild. I don't know if it'll be Marvin Lewis's last year. It should be. Let me clarify that. It should be Marvin Lewis's last year. But that's the thing, as a Cincinnati fan. I understand this, and I just want to
0: reiterate this because I remember saying that about Dusty Baker. But you look at, they bring in Hugh Jackson on the coaching staff. If they fire Marvin Lewis and Hugh Jackson replaces him, does Cincinnati really benefit? In no way, shape, or form. It's the same thing. It's worse to me. I think Hugh Jackson is just an awful coach. And rumors are saying that they brought him back to
1: Cincinnati to supplant... Marvin Lewis on the end of the season I wouldn't be surprised if it happened that was my first thought whenever the acquisition happened immediately like 10 minutes it didn't even take me 10 minutes to think about 1 plus 1 equals 2 and that is that they're looking for Hugh Jackson to come back in order to replace Marvin Lewis and that's the only reason he left was because another opportunity came up and we saw that went and the previous time so I'd rather have Marvin Lewis for 50 more
0: years than Hugh Jackson step in for 3 years It'd be the most painful three years I've ever heard of.
1: Yeah. If it, I'm a fan. It My not f- care. I think, to be honest, it's actually the right decision in regards to it will get the full cleansing of this team that it needs to have a chance to win a Super Bowl. I think with this current template, with this current team, with this current coaching staff you need a full wipe and a fresh restart because you're stuck in mediocrity. And that's the worst place to be if you want to win a Super Bowl. I,
0: I think it's a win-win for both. I think if
1: Marvin Lewis goes somewhere else and gets a fresh start. I think he has a real chance to su- succeed with yeah. a different team. He's, think, an, he's clearly an NFL caliber coach. You don't make the playoffs this, with this percentage as he's had here by just being dumb lucky. Mm-hmm. I know he's had a lot of help and he
0: has good coaching I'm not staff, saying that for him at all. I, I'm not. I'm just saying Cincinnati can do so much worse. And I've seen it happen. I want them to do worse. You're going to get it.
1: Because (laughs) if you want, my giant theory is being stuck at eight and eight to like ten and six, you can't get the draft picks in order to quickly and effectively rebuild. You have to draft immaculately in order to come back and you don't have the best talent to choose from. If you hit the full reset button and go right back to square one and you lose and you pick, let's say Sean McDermott. Give me Sean McDermott. I don't like him at all. But if he comes in, it's an improvement over Marvin Lewis, not because he's a better coach than Marvin Lewis right now, Mm -hmm. but because you'll be able to then restart. And all that's true
0: if you have a a team that can restart and return to greatness. But Cincinnati's never been great. So sadly, I think for Cincinnati fans, you want to hold on to this era before you enter the long Cleveland Brown desert area. So
1: I I don't think Cincinnati can tank right. As long as management there is still there, I, I don't honestly believe they'll, they'll ever win a Super Bowl because they're too afraid of right. becoming the seller that you're talking about to go back to that dark ages of three-win so football. Baby. So That's why, I, and of course
0: I am biased. I like John Gruden as a coach, but if you tell me what the definition of sell is, go out in Oakland and look at it. Three first-round picks in the middle of one season? They got five first-round picks in two seasons. That's how you sell.
1: I love it. Getting a first-round pick for Amari Cooper was sheer genius. Yeah. Not because necessarily it turned out to be a terrible trade for Dallas. It might have actually been the right trade for Dallas. <laughs> but getting a first-round pick for him when the current value of Josh Gordon was a fifth-round pick or something, mm-hmm. if, if I'm right on mm-hmm. that one. Demarius Thomas, fifth-round pick or fourth-round pick or something like that. Tate third. Tate a third. If that's the going rate, how is Amari Cooper really two rounds better than them? I think
0: so. Now that I'm Maybe. seeing him, yeah, he's playing better than that. But based on his what he had to offer,
1: stat-wise, yeah. resume-wise... And if you're looking at... <laughs> if Khalil Mack's worth two first-round picks, is Cooper really half as good as Mack is and in comparison to the F impact that they would have made? Mm-hmm. I would have said no way before this trade. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could argue he's worth that first-round pick after what he's done for Dallas... But it's crazy, super successful in my opinion. You gotta go for it. If you want to restart, you gotta really restart. Yeah, not this make everybody restart. hate you. Yes, but oh, they will. That's how you create a good team, though. <laughs> you get all those picks, and then you do something J- just with Just ask them. the Rams. Right. Remember, RG three was traded for three first round picks, and look where the Rams are compared to Washington. Right. Memo: Sometimes you gotta get a bunch of picks to restart quickly. That's why they And you can't waste
0: them all on a quarterback thinking some quarterback's gonna come fix your team like Cleveland did for three thousand years.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. You
0: build the team, then you get the quarterback.
1: And if you see a great quarterback, sure. But you don't keep drafting new ones and hope and sending them into a horrible situation without impacting the rest of your roster first, either through free agency or with yeah. draft.
0: Anyways, we're talking about wide receivers. <laughs> um another creeper, Jeffrey. Um <laughs> moving on <laughs> to keepers and sleepers. Um, my goodness that was a long one
1: that was a long...
0: keeper and sleeper what are we doing next
1: uh, um, let's go sleeper okay. sleepers.
0: I'm just going to mention one and then you can say the other Adam Humphreys is owned in less than 50% of leagues uh, he's already torched Carolina for 82 yards and two touchdowns in the season um, Jameis Winston's back and that becomes Jameis Winston's first and primary target so Adam Humphreys
1: is a great play I like it I'll rattle off three quick DJ Moore, only owned in 66% of leagues. Going up against Seattle last week and had 91 receiving yards. I thought they were tough against the pass. I think they still are. That's where they're strongest. Still Mm -hmm. play pretty well. I like to see that. He's not the focal point in the offense with McCaffrey, but he's better than Funches, and I don't like Olsen to take away maximum level of targets. I think he's the go-to receiver in that offense. I like him against Tampa Bay as a Mm -hmm. great flex player. Mm -hmm. Super strong. Like him. Uh, Josh Reynolds, only owned in 39% of leagues. Small sample size, he's a little risky, but I think he's very available in a lot of leagues, and I don't know if he should be. That offense is too good, and they spread their ball around enough to make him ready. He had 80 yards and a touchdown in his last week before the bye. The fact that he was involved with Woods and um, Cooks in that offense still with Gurley is highly encouraging. So I think he's worth owning. Um, Probably worth a flex against Detroit, especially with Slay covering the upper-tier wide receivers. He might be open more often. And then I like Julian Edelman. I think he's being underrated right now. I didn't know how consistent he was playing until you really look at the stats a little bit more. He's been better than Josh Gordon, surprisingly. He's owned, though, right? He's owned, yeah. I just think he's being underrated is all. Okay. So I think he's a strong wideout, too, actually this week against Minnesota because I think he's the only relevant receiver that's going to be open in this offense. I I think you're getting at least 60 yards out of him, maybe a touchdown. So I like him. Who are you keeping? I am keeping... Um... I don't want to even say. We t- we talked a lot about Amari Cooper. I-, I like him a lot in this soft matchup against New Orleans because of Dak Prescott. But I'm going to go Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans looks super good. Carolina surrendered seven touchdowns to wide receivers in the last 4 weeks. 19th overall against for scoring and in- against wide receivers. Tampa Bay is a heavy passing focus and if they're going to succeed it's going to be through the air. Winston's looked better and didn't even turn the ball over last week. I think Evan, especially since Evans has had back-to-back 100-yard games with Winston at quarterback. And the injury to Howard only increases his targets in the offense. Deshaun Jackson really hasn't even been involved in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. It's been mostly Humphreys and Evans, so I like Evans. I think he's very, very safe and has a pretty high ceiling this week.
0: Then I'll just say Amari Cooper and Stephon Diggs if he plays. I know he's sitting out right now, but I think he'll play. No big deal against New England.
1: Yeah, maybe he's been good.
0: Thirteen and a half targets or something through the last three games. Whew! Yikes. All right, catch back up on our time a little bit quicker. Kickers and defenses. I'm giving you some. I'll give you three to throw out there. I think are all good plays that can go pick up off the wire. Sebastian Janikowski versus San Francisco. Cairo Santos against Carolina. Jason Sanders against Buffalo. All of those are probably in order of what I just gave you. Defenses. Miami versus Buffalo. Green Bay versus Arizona. Tennessee yep. versus the Jets.
1: I also like the Colts against Jacksonville with a new coordinator, new quarterback, uh, suspended Fournette. So I think the Colts actually have a really high floor for production as well. Cool. I think we're
0: back on track time-wise. Thanks for listening to our tangents this evening.
1: (laughs) Hopefully you enjoyed some of them. (laughs) As lengthy as they may be. I do have one question, though. One more mini-tangent. What? Andrew Luck. Teach me. Yes. Over or under... 20 points this week do you like him against jacksonville can he do it can he keep his consistency going
0: he can do it it's just like you're saying over under 20 points that's the exact question you're giving me so 20 points that's the equivalent to see 200 yards is in the standard league probably like like eight points right 200 yards 200 yards is eight points yeah and two touchdowns is eight more points, so that's 16.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm saying he's going to have a better game than 200 yards with two touchdowns. No picks, no fumbles. I will say less. I think less. Because he's not going to need to air it out much. This Jacksonville offense is going to be so bad. <laughs> I'll say less. Okay. I love Andrew Luck. I've already told you. Yeah, like I raved on year. him
1: <laughs> against the Eagles three episodes ago. Yeah. You know? and he has done nothing to prove otherwise except that he's probably more reliable than he, as the more sample size is being delivered yeah i'm just wondering how you felt about it because i actually didn't know like would you play andrew Locke this week and i'm kind of like probably not because I'm, get- I'm aiming for 20 fantasy points and if and i honestly believe case keenum is on point for roughly 18 to 20 points this week so would but, I play that over... But Prescott Indiana? was available in all my leagues, so that means... And he's a much better play. Yeah. In my opinion, I'm playing Prescott and Winston without question over some of these tough matchup starter, starter quarterbacks as well. Okay, just, just curious. Yeah, well, I want to know I your opinion that. But I'm not bashing him at
0: all. He could easily do it. Yeah. It just... Yeah. I'm going to say no. I prefer other matches as well.
1: I was wondering if I was crazy.
0: There you go. That's my answer. But now we stubble into the studs and dudge, which is one of my least favorite lists that we've ever had as a stud and dud <laughs> agreed, list. Agreed. Agreed. The number one added player on the waiver claim day was Gerald Everett. So mm. I hand it over to you, sir. Give mm. me some names on our stud and dud list. <laughs>
1: Um, I'm going to go over a lot of these and we kind of mentioned almost all of them that I feel like are worth owning. And I think they've been worth owning for a while. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if we all agree on this, but Austin Eckler, I'm saying stud. Yes. We talked about him. I, I actually like him as a, a sleeper. And we both kind of talked about, he's already <laughs> probably perceived as a wide out, or running back two this week. Austin so. Eckler
0: is kind of on my Jared Goff feel, my Jared Goff vibe. Volume will be there, but I don't necessarily like him as much as other people go. That's fair. Josh Adams running back from Philly. Tougher matchup this week against Washington. If I had if I was fortunate enough to have somebody better on my bench, then I may play him over Josh Adams, but Josh Adams just looks legitimate.
1: So, good for you. He's a stud. I agree. Stud as well. I, I like him in the flex this week. Uh, that's probably about all I like him in, but I feel very confident playing him in the flex this week. Crazy if it's the these two team. names are even on the top eight list. It's, it breaks my little heart. Yeah. To see some of these people get added in 50% of leagues immediately, and then you see people like Josh Adams. If you had
0: Gordon, Eckler should have been on your team as a handcuff, cut handcuff week two, so shame on you. Uh, probably, yeah. I would agree.
1: <laughs> <laughs> DJ Moore. All right. I, you, you You know me. Yeah. Stud. For sure, stud. I you could even argue keeper for where he's. Uh, I don't know why I, I meant he's to say stud. Good.
0: That's just another woof right over my head. On these these segments where I'm looking towards the next segment is where I'm shooting myself in the foot with <laughs> my words, but I meant stud in my head. Yes.
1: Yeah. Soft matchup this week. Definitely playable. Should have been owned weeks ago or two weeks ago when he had his breakout game. I understand, but he even had targets up until this point, so I like him a lot. Yep. Josh Reynolds. I got him as a stud.
0: Yeah. What do you got? I feel like best? he's been on here for like three weeks now, so yeah. sure. He's a stud still. I agree. But I'm glad he came over to stud. I know he was an initial dud for you. Yeah.
1: I, I was a claim wait and see week one, and then we went into buy, And so I'm ready to play him. He, he gave me what I wanted, and that offense is really good. And yeah. So I'm starting to see that he's involved. I, that's all I needed to see. Pretty good. Carlos Hyde, stud or dud?
0: Um, dud. I think T.J. Yeldon's a better play. Fournette's only out of game. Offense isn't very good. I don't think I'd play Carlos Hyde.
1: I have him as a stud.
0: I think who is my I'd
1: pick up Derek Henry and play him over Carlos Hyde. You would. easy. Mm. I do I do know that Yeldon will be involved, and so it's not primary back. I'm not saying at all that Carlos Hyde is an RB two along the lines of Eckler or anything, where the perceived value is out there. Carlos Hyde was very limited in the last time when he was claimed, but he's had a few more weeks to gain any offensive game plan, and having a new quarterback coming in, I think they're going to run more. So I think the volume will help him a little bit there. I'm not in love, but I think he's a good flex play this week. I like him. Only a one-week ad, and then just cut him next week, though, for sure. Doug
0: Martin and Derrick Henry are both in about 50% of leagues, so I would pick both of them up first. So that's why he's my death. Go.
1: Justin Jackson. I don't get it. Nope. Dud. I would also go with a dud. The backup to the backup. Backup to the backup in San Diego. you got some volume, <laughs> but, but Chargers <laughs> In Pittsburgh. Yeah. Pittsburgh, tough. We already kind of mentioned that the, the matchup's not great. I just think Eckler will be the man, even though he's a more of a smaller back. There's a chance that he might get more carries. I think seven, like we saw last week's possible, out of him. But if that's what he's getting... I'm not seeing red zone touches as a high likelihood probability. I think they'd be more likely to go to Gates or Mike Williams or Keenan Allen. Any of those. I think Keenan Allen is
0: probably the safest play in,
1: with San, with Los Angeles this week. I completely agree with you. I think he he's the one who really benefits a lot. Maybe Mike Williams gets another touchdown. But he's, he's about unguardable if you watch his routes. He's he's a wise, wily veteran. That's for yeah. sure. Okay. And then Gerald Everett, the most added player in fantasy. Stud no, or dead? No. Um,
0: I mean I guess he's better than some of these tight ends that we're talking about. It's so bad
1: that you almost think about it. I'd
0: play him over Broken Thumb, but I'd play him over Evan Ingram. So I mean I guess in that sense, he's a stud. That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> Cooper Cup going out's helped him get a lot more targets and stuff. Yes. Um, but I'm sad if I'm playing
1: him, I guess. Yeah, I got him in dud. Um, I guess it, so. I want to say dud. I want to be with you, dud. It, it, three touchdowns in two games is something, but, and so I understand why people are doing it because it is so bad out there for tight ends. I just think there's slightly better, more achievable options out there, and yeah. I'm going to try to get all of those way harder. Mm-hmm. I think there's a chance that he gets zero points this week, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to hear it. Adam Humphreys. Oh, and Adam Humphreys, yes.
0: Last name. What do you got? Stud. Yeah, for sure. Stud. As long as Winston's the quarterback and he's a wide receiver there, then he's a
1: stud. Yep. Underneath guy, lots of targets, passing offense. What's not to like? Some list. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can't say I'm overly excited. Like, most of the people I'm really excited about, I thought have probably been. I thought a long that, time ago. Yeah, I
0: thought they were on our stud dud list like week two, and they're popping back up.
1: Yeah, we were talking about DJ Moore like probably in week one.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like week two. Uh, I don't know. Oh,
1: well, that's fine. This is the funner part now as the season goes on. Yes, I agree. Where we get to talk about our fantasy foresight, talk about what we see happening through our special eyes. Inner eye. <laughs> so first question of the night. Who will have the most passing yards this week? Jared Goff, Andrew Luck, or Jameis Winston? I know who you're going to say. You do? Yeah. Yeah, you probably do. We already did. Yeah. We, I think we talked about
0: it. Yeah. I think you know who I'm going to say. Yeah, I do. So we'll make it official. Well, I guess You're so. going to say
1: Jared Goff. And you're going to say Winston. Yep. There we go. We know each other so we well. We just foresighted <laughs> each other. It's like we can tell the future. Not that we're listening to the past. How about that? I'm feeling pretty confident about mine, so we'll see who's right. I definitely like Winston as well, and I have Luck as my least favorite. I think the matchup is just hard for Luck, and it's strange because I think Luck is my favorite quarterback probably going forward out of the three. He's definitely, I think, the most talented quarterback of those three. Yeah, I would agree. I want not say definitely. Kudos to Jerry Goff. He's done very well. He's done very well, but you look at the weapons, and we talk about Tampa Bay's weapons being good. Who doesn't? Jared Goff's got the whole U.S. military-grade weapon set, while uh, Winston's a little closer to strong militia sort of thing, (laughs) but it's definitely good. I think Mike Evans is the best receiver out of all those. True. That is true. And probably remaining. I mean, if you gave me O.J. Howard back, maybe I would reconsider, and it'd be a f- pretty fair fight. But you know. I'm I'm just saying, talent wise. Yeah.
0: Like, let's say you take. I'm
1: trying to think of a good quarterback. To, what? Who cares? Yeah, it, kind of irrelevant, I guess. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Anyway, on to the next question: Who has the most rushing yards this week? Ezekiel Elliott. Nick Chubb, or Matt Breida.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of these is not like the other, and one of these is my favorite.
0: I think we may then agree based on that little uh, <laughs> trick you gave.
1: Yeah. I think Matt Breida
0: is there actually we go. my
1: favorite for yardage this week.
0: Yeah, Seattle with a league worse, 5.3 yards per carry and 121 rushing yards per game given up. Matt Breida has averaged a solid 83 yards. Which is much less than the 113 and 115 that Nick Chubb and Zeke have been putting up. Um, I, I can't disagree with you.
1: Yeah, if he can stay healthy, if, if he, he plays. If he stays healthy. His yards per carry is so good. If he stays healthy,
0: it becomes tricky next season. Him or McKinnon. That's very
1: true. Because honestly. One's got a bigger contract. Yeah, that's also true. But how would they warrant
0: not playing Greta? He's looked. Everything so but great when like, he's not dealing with
1: like a 1,000 injuries. Yeah, I agree. I mean, to me, they're perfect compliments to each other, so maybe they just leave Breida as the starter and use McKinnon situationally, but do the Kamara-Ingram thing? I don't know. Very interesting. I guess we'll see. That'll be maybe on next Shanahan, foresight. Shanahan
0: was talking, <laughs> you know, that he was going to be the Coleman to the Devonta Freeman-Coleman mix-up, but I think it should be flip-flopped.
1: I think you're right. Let's do a fantasy foresight within a fantasy foresight. Breida start or McKinnon start next season? Week one, who's the starter? Or none of the above. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's going to be one of those two, I think. Monster
0: was pretty good, but... Oh, man. Starter. I guess, like...
1: hmm. I say Breida starts the game. I think money talks, and it's going to be McKinnon. That's why. Not because it should be. I think I agree with you. I think Breida has shown plenty that he can be the primary rusher. Mm-hmm. And I think you can use McKinnon in ways where you can line him up even in the slot, rotate him around, play him at halfback, and you can still get him involved in the passing game while not giving him the football. But I think they'll probably go McKinnon. Yeah. He'll probably be the higher draft pick next year. It'll be Whatever. Awesome, though. It'll just make Brita a great sleeper for next fantasy season. Anyway. Most receiving yards this week Julio Jones T.Y. Hilton Or Amari
0: Cooper Yeah T.Y. Hilton Surprising on this list 119 receiving yards In the last three games Average Money Yeah (laughs) What you got?
1: But I don't have him Surprisingly I'm gonna go with Amari Cooper Against New Orleans I like him I like him against New Orleans. I do too. I mean, I'm not expecting 180 yards and two touchdowns just because New Orleans has been playing so well and Eli Apple has been covering way better than I thought he would. Mm-hmm. And a lot of their numbers for giving up passing yards have been a little bloated based on the early game early season schedule. But I think they're just going to have to commit so much to cover or stop Ezekiel Elliott and they will, and they'd rather Amari Cooper try to beat them. So I think that's what actually happens. Cool. And I think Baltimore's D is just hard and Julio Jones has been a yardage machine. He's coming off like, what, six games of over 100 yards and ranging up to 144 in some of these games? Yeah, Julio Jones has been
0: nuts. I have to agree with you Omar Mark Cooper, though. I actually like Kenny Galladay for some yards this week, too, uh, against Chicago.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. With no Marvin Jones and no Golden Tate, he's the guy. He might be really good down the stretch for any of these playoff teams that would have had him from the Mm -hmm. beginning of the year. And kudos to you, Galladay being the most valuable Detroit wideout probably on the whole season. Yep. Well played. Boom. All right. So who will be the top fantasy scorer this week? Tyreek Hill versus Oakland. Devontae Adams against Arizona. Gus Edwards versus Atlanta. Or Alvin Kamara against Detroit. Or Dallas, I mean, sorry. Misspoke.
0: This is is one where we're probably going to differ, I do believe. Yeah, I think we will. I'm going Gus Edwards. Gus the bus
1: Edwards. That's my second choice, actually. Okay. But so you're, okay, we're, we're close. These are a lot of big names on this list. I thought you'd be... It, it's surprising to me whenever I'm looking at Alvin Kamara maybe as my third favorite. What? I mean, I think he's such an exciting player, but and Tyreek Hill's so inconsistent, but I gotta go with Tyreek Hill. That guy's ceiling is so good. So if he's on Winner, Winner, Chicken Dinner, he yeah. has some of the highest ceiling of probably any fantasy player especially as, as of a position player. But I got to go with him, I think, against Oakland. I don't think game flow will be enough to keep him out. I think he gets one of those long touchdowns at some point during this game, probably early on in the game. I'm going to roll the dice on that. But Adams, I think, is just going to be limited by the Arizona matchup. It'll I think it'll be tough. Gus Edwards against Atlanta seems so good. He's so safe. I, I love him. The carries. The I just hope he's healthy. I mean, that's the big thing. We'll see. And Alvin Kamara against Dallas? It's a tough-ish matchup. I mean, he's a home run hitter as well, but I just think that he's lost likely to hit a home run than Tyree Kill. It's going to be a tough
0: game. So I guess that's the boldest thing that was stated today is I, I'm i putting my money on Dallas tomorrow night.
1: How about that? Bold decisions and I liked.
0: All right, guys. I hope you're wrapping up your season and heading towards the playoffs.
1: Any last words, John? Just wish me luck. I'm going to go for the most miraculous comeback in a fantasy league of all time if I can win out and get a lot of help. It would be comical to start the season something like 0-4 and then come back and win six straight to get into the playoffs or something. You'd be like
0: the Houston Texans. Yeah. Only not as fluky because the Houston Texans aren't going to very far
1: in the playoffs. (laughs) I think they have a better defensive core than my team does, so we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, that's it. Have a good one and good luck. Peace. fantasy. Yes. Bye.